RadioInfluence.com. Oh man, I'm pumped up, pumped up in my studio. My studio. I should take a picture of my studio. Nothing in the wall, on the walls. I got a little tiny desk. I got my laptop. I got my recorder. I got bags and bags and bags and bags. No carpeting, nothing. So it might be a little bit hollow, but you can hear me, right? You get it? You get it? You get it? Just pumped up. Really, my this guest that comes on here, he's he's making a return visit. He's in Oakland A. He was an Oakland A's pitcher. He is an Oakland A's broadcaster. But he is so much more than that. He is down to earth. He is a good dude. Long beard, in shape. I said, man, you're looking good. He goes, you got to eat clean. Uh, he was a hell of a pitcher, but he didn't have a long career cut short by injury. And just a great, 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 great attitude. Dallas Braden. Now, Dallas Braden, if you don't know, threw a perfect game. He was 26 years old. It was in May of 2010. And it was against the Tampa Bay Rays. Perfect game. He since has admitted that he was hungover. I didn't know that until after I did this. I would have asked him about that. David Wells, didn't he have his gem when he was, you know, uh, he said he was hungover. Anyway, I, I got stories upon stories upon stories about everything that's going on with me. I'm all pumped up. I'm going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. I booked my ticket. I'm actually got an invite to one of the inductees, Rondé Barber. I never get an invite. It's always as a media guy. Going to try to do both. But anyway, you're not here for all that in the beginning. You want to hear from my guest. How did he make the transition from pitcher to broadcaster and everything else that he's got going on? He's a good dude. Good dude. And he's making his return to the Rock Stops Here podcast. Here he is, Dallas Braden. All right, one of my favorite guests. I told him he's the coolest guy in baseball. He says he's not. He's Dallas Braden. Yes, Dallas Braden, who pitched the perfect game against the Tampa Bay Rays, but he's a great broadcaster and so much more. You just keep blowing up since I saw you last. How you doing? Are you calling me Fat Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. Great to see you. Great to see you. You too. How do you keep? your weight down seriously my man you got to eat clean you got to take care of the temple right i mean the body you got to lay the body down when the body needs to lay down i do a lot of training in the off season try to keep fit a lot of jujitsu try to stay nimble so that's kind of you know i can't throw a baseball anymore obviously i don't know that i could when i was able to physically but uh just try to stay one step ahead of the old uh, father time right now, I see that you get involved, like, with the fantasy baseball, with the Oakland A's, and uh, you, you obviously can't pitch. But, you know, Rub I was... Rub it in. Rub it in, Rock. Rub it in. I don't know how. I mean, you made it to the top in such a young age, but you said you don't have any... No, you're not like a get-off-my-long guy and, oh, used to be better and, all. Oh. You have no ill will at all. Like you even said, if it wasn't for that perfect game, we probably wouldn't even be talking today. You, you know, you love baseball, even though your career was cut short. No, this game, this game is so... <laughs> it's so valuable in so many different ways to so many different people so many walks of life and i appreciate what the game 
represents and has given to me but you can look around and you can see the the smiles the the excitement that this game brings to people i mean watching the wbc you're watching countries unite and you're just the, the energy that this game brings i don't know how i i can't even wrap my head around how people who know they're going to go to the ballpark that day could ever show up to the ballpark with a frown on their face. How is that possible? Like you're literally, you get to walk through the gates of heaven each and every day you walk into a ballpark. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring that up driving here. I got, I got to hit him on the WBC. Now, the World Baseball Classic's been going on for a while, every four years. I would watch it occasionally, but for some reason this year, I don't, did just seem to be more juice and fans. Did you notice that too? 100%. And what it takes is the commitment from the big name stars in our game. And that's what we had, right? You got Mike Trout telling everybody how exciting it is to be a part of this event, to be a part of this team. Captain America, you got Shohei Otani. I mean, when those guys walked out of their respective uh, points in the field, carrying their team's flags, those things waving, ready to get down in the championship. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps Same thinking thing. about it right now. Right, And so when our game gets put on that kind of stage and our stars are as committed to the success of their team and the success of the event as they were, you have to be hard-pressed to not enjoy that event. You have to be intentionally looking for sour grapes instead of enjoying the beautiful juice. Now, as far as players, especially pitchers, over over on the other side, we talked to Shane McClanahan, their young ace, and he's like, I really do want to do it. That day will come, but my season is so important, and we got something going. I want to be ready. For pitchers, that's tough. You're in high-leverage situations early, so how would you feel? What do you think if you were back in the day and you were pitching? Do you What would you do, Dallas? Well, if I was fortunate enough, if I was ever good enough to get that invitation in the mail, I'm going. And that's just how I feel about the opportunity to represent my country and to feel like I have a place in that pantheon. That aside, I fully respect and understand what these younger guys have to consider because we're talking about an opportunity with a lot of these frontline arms to earn and achieve themselves generational wealth. And a career that gets to that point is all predicated on availability and being healthy. And they also have a commitment to their franchise and a commitment to their teammates on this franchise in this franchise. And it's a championship season for a reason because you want to be a champion at the end of the season. And when you factor all of that in, I think then you're a little closer to understanding how difficult the decision is that these guys have to make. It's not just a, yep, sign me up and away we go. There's health, there's a future involved, not just for a season, but for many, many seasons thereafter. I love some of the new changes in Major League Baseball, especially the pitch clock. I thought I would like it. I like it even more. You're a true and true baseball guy. You like it? I appreciate it. I enjoy it to an extent. I tell you, as a broadcaster, I've already started to develop a little bias that I didn't think I would, which was... You know what? Story time is kind of fun. And now we don't have story time. You got to get it in, get it out. And it's not to say that the adjustments haven't been made. I understand when we need to set things up and if we're going to really present something to you, how that has to be done. But the ability 
to sort of react to the dead time that was created by the players on the field that's gone now because there isn't that dead time on the field to fill and so while i enjoy the pace of the game and we're getting a lot of action within 220 230 245 so nobody's crying about that and i'm not one of those people that's going to pretend to either uh but i i do also understand that the game that we've known and loved for so long looks different than it ever has and i don't know that we'll ever see that type of game again but let's be let's be mindful that this is the game that you remember in the 70s and 80s this is the game that baseball fans from yesteryear remember and are saying this is what we were telling you guys about if you just get in the box if you just get on the mound and quit screwing around this is what the game looks like right and and i don't think you have any other response right now other than yeah man this is what the game looks like we've got guys that are starting in traditional defensive spots we're watching incredible athletic plays get made we're also watching balls find holes that didn't otherwise that's creating offense so yeah this is all happening now with under three and a half hours i don't know where we're going wrong i like it because you started off i'm like because you're the hip guy you're cool and all this and but you're so like traditional and like you speaking from a broadcaster's perspective that's interesting i got to ask you um when i interview former players especially like nfl players and they've been out of it for a while it's not that long but you've been out a little while some of them will say oh my god it feels like there was a different life or eh, some days it doesn't feel like does it feel like it was a long time ago when you were throwing major league baseball or not really not really not really it's the same game right uh i would tell you that the bases are 90 feet apart but we know that that's changed just a little bit i, I would also tell you that you still got to get the guy out at home plate which rings true that's now done in a, in a condensed amount of time because there's a time limit on how quick you got to get this guy out right you got 15 to 20 seconds with every pitch you got so the game looks a little different ultimately it's the same because it's all based on being able to adjust and that's what all of these rule changes are doing is making you or forcing you to just do what you do well which is adjust and so i don't think it's a, a totally different game from when i played the ability to refine and craft uh, uh refine your craft and hone your craft the opportunity to do that is more present than ever with all the technology and resources so that's maybe how the game has changed my ability to assess myself and my opponent on a different level and many different layers that's what exists that's what excites me about this game right now so uh, it's because I know that the athletes we're going to get are as prepared as they could possibly be physically or mentally. When, as a pitcher, and you pitched at the highest level, I'm sure you get this a lot younger players like, okay, obviously you got to get guys out, you got to have good movement, you got to throw strikes, you got to work quick, all that stuff. But what about mentally? The reason why I'm bringing this up, I heard Glavin on an interview the other day and somebody asked Glavin, what about the mind game? And he goes, frankly, I really didn't think about much. It was just like pitch by pitch and trying to make that pitch work. How about you? How much mental when you're on the mound goes into it? Everything about it is mental. And I can understand what, what Mr. Glavin is saying. Like you just get into a flow state and that's because you have done the work mentally. You have prepared. And so honestly, every fifth day is a vacation that's fun that's when you get to go blank and go out and compete 
that's what all the other days in between are for, are to sharpen your iron, to prepare you mentally, so when you unsheath that sword, you know exactly where to strike, and there's no thought process about it. Is, is, are the play, are the players that much, are they that much better? Are they just physically maybe a little bit stronger from when you played, or is really not that much difference? I don't think there's that much difference. I mean, as human beings, we're bigger, faster, stronger than we've ever been, and I think we're a part of that. We're right in that evolutionary moment, um, and that's why we're seeing athletes continue to do things at a greater clip, I think, than we ever really have. I mean, we've got guys that are throwing 104, 105-mile-an-hour baseballs these days. That's incredible. we got guys faster than they've ever been and hitting baseballs harder than they ever have. You got O'Neill Cruz in Pittsburgh hitting baseballs 122, 124 miles an hour. That's insane. It's going to go through a wall, not off a wall. So that's the kind of freakish stuff that's going on in our game right now. How are you not excited about that? Just a couple more. How were you able to be as successful as you were at the highest level. Oh my God, I think baseball's the hardest because it's not only the best in the United States, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Cuba, the best, and they play from their little and that's all they play. You're not a real big guy. How are you able to be successful, Dallas? In my mind, I was 6'10". And that's all part of, we talk about the mental approach. You have to believe a lot of the things you're telling yourself. And for a guy like me, a lot of those things were lies. So I had to be a really good liar to myself. But but if I'm being honest for just a moment, being serious for just a moment, it's understanding that I am here to compete against you. Nothing separates us aside from the fact that I'm wearing a different jersey. Outside of that, we're in the same league. And I can get this job done. That's what I'm getting paid to do. So I'm not giving that guy any more credit than he deserves outside of being a big leaguer because he's a big leaguer just like me. So from there, it's just remembering I'm here for a reason. I know how to execute. I know how to let the guys behind me do their job. And if I try to do any more than that, that's when I'm going to get in trouble. So be yourself. You're a one-on-one. It's really easy to just be you. Do that. Why are you going to make it any harder? That's awesome. This is my last one. Tell tell, tell your fans, well, the fans know what you got going on. I know that you work on the A's broadcast. I know you've done podcasting. I know once you got into broadcasting, you started right at the top at ESPN. Oh, my God. But some of the things that you're also doing and what you're involved in, uh, you got a lot going on. Well, I just, I mean, honestly, just trying to stay busy. But as you said, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I get to do the color guy or I get to get to be the color guy each and every day for the Oakland A's, which is a, a dream come true. And it really is a, a uh, I mean, a, a moment that I never thought would ever come to fruition. But here we are. Um, but outside of that, I, I do. I have a podcast with DraftKings, a buddy of mine, Jared Carabas and I, uh, my man, Joey, my man, Jake, my man, Jay Hay. Baseball doesn't exist is the name of our podcast. Imagine that. That's what they're telling us, right? Baseball's dead. Baseball doesn't exist. Baseball is dead is the name of our podcast. Joey, my man, he's got a great YouTube channel. Baseball doesn't exist is the name of his YouTube channel. So we've just kind of blended that whole idea that the game's not growing. The game's not going anywhere. Uh, I don't believe that. You're such a good dude. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. Like I said, I think you're the coolest guy in baseball. Huh. My wife says to me, because when you, I said it to you the other day, like, no, 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 no. My wife's like, don't try to be cool. If you try to be cool, you're so uncool. Don't See? be cool. Rock. Stay in your lane, babe. Stay in your lane. <laughs> 
Yeah, th- he's. I mean, I really like him. I can tell. I can tell. You ever? Do you ever know when you when you talk to somebody? You know, it might be briefly one time, and now a second time. That's it. It's not like I hang out with him. It's not like that. You know how you can just tell, like you connect. You're like, what a great guy. I like him. He's down to earth. He's no, 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 no diva, no me, me, nothing like that. Just man. And I connect, I connect. I really like him. And when I saw that the A's were coming back in and this year, I was like, I got to get him. And it was, went up to him, boom, I will be here. The next day I couldn't, something happened with the family. I DM'd him, but I don't think he checked it. He's got so many followers. And then uh, I was there the following on a Sunday. He had a big smile, came over, and there you go. Now, if you follow baseball, if you follow sports, you follow what's going on. I hate the word pop culture. If you follow what's going on, he was involved, even though he really didn't do anything, in a controversy because when the Oakland A's were in Kansas City, and, and those of you that know, stay with me. You probably have seen the video. His broadcast partner, Kuiper, messed up and said the N-word instead of the Negro League Museum that the two of them had visited earlier in the day. And they were raving about the opportunity and going there and boom, boom, boom. And Dallas even makes a motion like to his heart, like, you know, such respect to the Negro Leagues and the Negro League Hall of Fame of the museum. And when Dwayne or when uh, Glenn, when he said that on air, Dallas had no expression. And now being a broadcaster, I know this. And as a fan, you probably don't know this. You're like, I've heard people, oh, he didn't do anything. Oh, that means that they've said that. And oh, he's this and that. Dallas waited several days until it, 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 it cooled off a little bit. And he wrote a statement on social media saying he honestly did not hear the N instead of Negro. And I believe him. Now, when I did this uh, podcast with Dallas, this is before, this is right before this, this incident happened. His broadcast partner was suspended and fired. Dallas is still there. But I'm telling you, Dallas is a down-to-earth good man. And he, when you're broadcasting live, radio, TV, live podcast, live whatever, you will have, unless it's just you recording, you have a director, uh, someone in your ear. They wear what's called an IFB. And let me give you an, and there's talking going on while you have to be still in front of a camera. And, 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 and reading or ad-libbing, and yet you have voice or voices in your ear. When I do the Tampa Bay Lightning games, I haven't done it for a while now, but when I fill in uh, on the big board in between periods, pre and post, there's 20,000 fans in the stands. I am live. I am reading off of a teleprompter, but in my ear, no, 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 no. we're heavy, we're heavy. No, we're light. No, drop that story. Okay. Hey, camera three. Did you get that? You didn't get that? All right, we're going to go down. No, no, let's switch it. Let's go down now. Gabby is down there. Or let's... That's what's happening in my ear when I am broadcasting live on the big scoreboard live at the arena. Okay? That's what happens. 
they're they're out at the stadium they're live someone's in your ear and he said he honestly did not hear the n4 instead of negro league and i believe him i mean but again if you're not a broadcaster you might you probably don't understand you wouldn't know until you're in that position anyway he's still there he's doing great and i just want to thank him again because he didn't know me from adam although i say remember it's right he goes i know but dallas thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and it wasn't until i was just getting ready to do this podcast that i remember the story of his mother passed away when he was in high school and his grandmother raised him and his grandmother was at the game and it was on mother's day but I didn't know that he was hung over. If I would have known that, you know I would have asked him about that. Didn't David Wells, who can't stand me, that's a whole, it wasn't my fault. He, uh, from years and years ago, I've told it on the podcast, I'm not going to get into it now. But I know he's a good guy. But anyway, Dallas, I mean, um, he threw his gem hungover, I believe, there was also a Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher way back said he was on LSD and he, and he, and he threw, I think he threw a no hitter <laughs> I mean, and you know, there's no way of proving it. How can you prove it? You can't go back in time. It's, it's an unbelievable story. Is it not? So anyway, thank you, Dallas. You the man, you the man, you the man. I really have been enjoying going to the trop covering the Tampa Bay Rays this year. Um, I, I don't want to get into any specifics, X's and O's, because this is a once a week podcast. And if you're talking sports and what a team is doing or players are doing, that player could get injured. Uh, a lot happens in a week. I really want to do more than one week. I got to find another outlet to do a show, to do something. I know I am. There's another opportunity. But again, I just I don't want to I don't want to put time and effort because I go all in. When I'm in, I'm all in. Like I was at one station, Bay News 9, 18 years. I don't think I ever took a sick day. There was a couple of years where I never took a sick day. I'm in. One day I had an operation. I had an operation on a very private area. Because my wife wanted to get pregnant. I had to go back in. I was already boom. And I went in that night and I had ice down there. And I sat on the set and did the show. People wouldn't know. I mean, um, so, you know, I'm all in, I was five, I, I don't move around, but anyway, anyway, that's, that's for another story, but I really do like covering this race team because they're fun and young and just seeing some of the work they put in. Also seeing the work that some really veterans like last week when the LA Dodgers were here, it really blew me away. Freddie Freeman, who has made so much money and he's good. You should see the hand-eye coordination drills he does with a, a coach, assistant coach or a trainer or whatever before the game. And I mean way before the team goes out there to stretch or to throw or to take BP. Um, Clayton Kershaw. I actually first saw a tweet from Doug Wechter. He's on the broadcast team. He used to be a pitcher, a good guy. And the day before Kershaw is going to pitch, he goes out on the mound. He's got the sleeveless cutoff shirt, uh, you know, and he's going through his windup and he's mimicking without throwing a ball. 
over and over and over again. You know, there is a reason why the superstars, the superstars are a cut above because they go the extra mile. You know, can you imagine being having hundreds of millions of dollars and still having such a drive to put in all the time? It, it's it's really something to see. That's why I've been covering pro sports and athletes for decades, and I am still honored to be there. And I hit on this on last week's podcast. People are, oh, what are you doing? You go down on the field and just standing there? <clears throat> Look at you, you're standing there. You're standing there. Well, well, what a waste. What a waste. No, it's not. No, you pick up on things. You watch, you look, you listen. You know, and Andrew Friedman, who is the baseball boss of the L.A. Dodgers, he is the president of baseball operations. He was the GM when he was here with the Rays. It was his first go around. I re- I think I did one of his first interviews when I on TV on Baden's Nine. He was just not used to being interviewed. These guys came from Wall Street. And to look at what he did, he turned around the culture with Joe Madden of the Rays. They were the lowly devil Rays. I remember in my, saying, with no payroll, with no uh, with no salary cap in the AL East, they'll never, in my lifetime, they'll never go to a World Series. They'll never. Hell, they'll probably even never make the playoffs. And Andrew and, and, and his staff and Joe Madden, they turned it around. And that's when the L.A. Dodgers came calling and yeah he's got the big payroll but so do so do other major market teams and look at his success and i wanted to get him on the podcast i was only there one day last week because of family commitments it's been busy moving in this new house and everything going on and uh i was like i wonder if i can get him so i waited down on the field at the dodgers dugout two hours two hours and they said oh he did some media yesterday I talked to the PR guy. Usually you go on your own. If the PR guy gets involved, they're going to they're gonna run roadblocks. They're going to protect their guy. You know what I mean? And he was real nice, real nice guy. And he's like, well, he's, he's very busy. He does have a lot going on today. I said, he knows me. He goes, well, if you get a chance, you can ask him. And so then finally I saw him at the batting cage, and he was talking to another guy and smiling, talked to another coach, smiling. And then he saw me, and he came walking over, big smile, to me gave the hug how you been he's like i said how you been he said i know you did be got five minutes he goes i can't i'm going to a meeting and he really was he's busy he's the president of baseball operations of the la dodgers but i was like oh let me let's get a picture andrew and he goes how are you doing you look great i said man doing fine i said congrats on all your success andrew and then i hit him i said you you started this this raise turnaround to be one of the best teams man you did it and he just smiled and he goes you're looking good i said you you he looks pumped up he he's short but he's he's more jacked and he was smiling and that was it but so i almost got him on the podcast but almost doesn't count what, what we used to say we used to say as kids i know we said it in jersey wherever you're from almost only counts with hand grenades and horseshoes right 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 you remember that so it doesn't matter doesn't matter. No, I didn't get him on the podcast, but and I couldn't go the next day because we were going out to brunch. My father-in-law was taking us and all that jazz. So now I did in my trailer tell you that I'd have some stories. It's been going good. I had an extra week here by myself 
because my daughter wanted to finish her school year. And with my wife, they know where everything is at my in-laws. And you didn't want to be that last week. They get up, you got school, they're running around. She's got a performance. Little Mermaid, she was Sebastian. There's after school. Emily, my wife, is involved with the eighth grade party. She's involved with the trip, the universal, all this stuff. So let go. You, you guys just stay there and I'll stay here. So now, tonight's going to be the first night we're all here. We just got a bed delivered right before I started. I was starting a podcast and I had to stop and the guys just put it uh, at the front door. They actually brought it into the living room and I'll, we'll put that bad boy together. Oh boy. I hate, I hate putting stuff to, together. I'm not good with my hands. I'm just not. I'll pump you up. I'll be your buddy. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll be good to you, but I'm just not good as a fix it man. I'm just not. But boy, when we, we went out to dinner the other night uh, and my it was my daughter's friend and then the mom and dad and they're both involved in the school and music and and they're really good people. We went over to their house and that husband is handy with his hands. He, he builds things. But when Emily describes it, like she always goes, we can barely put in a light bulb. I'm like, that's how she says it. Is it that bad? No, I'm not a good fix it, man. I take care of the yard. I take care of the basic stuff. No, I, I can put in light bulbs. I, I, I replaced the damn air filter that's in the ceiling and I'm standing teetering and we only got hardwood floors on the top of my ladder balancing. I should start putting on one of those bike helmets. I might do it. Because if I fall, it's all it's all over. But when she says it like that, she's done that when we were out with other couples. Like we, uh, well, our family can't even change a light bulb barely. Like, do you have to emphasize that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh well, well, if that's the worst. Whatever. But no, it's good and it's summer now. It it cracks me up because when I was full time at Bay News Nine. Or Bright House, whatever, Slash, same thing. And part-time radio. I I was day-to-day. Like, you hardly ever had days off. You get two weeks off, maybe three weeks off. I was there so many years. And, you know, you you take it off, like, maybe like a week before football, can't, you know, starts. And this and that. But whatever. And I remember when my daughter was in elementary school, one of the parents that also worked as a volunteer... Uh, Phil, uh, maybe like a sub. Very nice. And I remember when I saw her, the new school year started, and I remember she goes, how was your summer? And I'm working in TV full time, like my summer, like, oh, I took maybe five days, but I'm working, like it, it all blended in. When you work in the media and you work in sports, it's like the Lou Wally Pip story. You know, you don't want any, you don't want to be out too long because somebody will replace your ass. That happens. And the gigs are great. You know how many people want to do sports on TV or on radio and be paid and have benefits and just have fun? Oh, my God. And so I was always, always making sure that I was not going to be off. Or if a team gets in a playoffs and they're on a playoff run, and if you got a vacation scheduled, you're, that, that thing's going bye-bye. 
You can't, like when the Lightning are going for the Stanley Cup, you can't be like, oh, you know what? I've got a vacation. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're making trips. You're doing live shows every night, an hour, you know, and, and they might have a spot. Oh, I'm going to be off. Yeah, we're going to go to, we're going to go to uh, the Boston for the weekend or something or in LA or, yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, it was so funny, but now, now, that I'm barely like part-time and I am so involved with my, not like my wife, with my daughter. Like it is summer. It's summer vacation. Now I'm in that parent mode that's involved all the time and at the school and bringing in stuff and being at every single uh, dance or uh, play or basketball for the cheer. I don't think I missed a game. My daughter was cheered and Emily ran the cheerleading team. And now I get it. Like it's summer, it's summer vacation. So we're going to LA. They're, they're going next week. Actually, when this podcast, you're listening to this, is it the week after it all? Emily and, and my daughter are going to Portland, Oregon. That's where her brother is. And they're going to get in an RV for a couple of days. I'm going to stay here with the dog and then I'm going to fly to LA and meet them in LA. We have a hookup of someone that owns a condo walking distance to the Santa Monica pier. How about that? A hookup from my in-laws. Thank you very much. So we're going to go to LA and do the tourist stuff and do stuff with my daughter and wife. And that'll be cool. That's cool. So it's a getaway. I want to get these things done. Then we come back. And then I'm going to, I was honored to even see the email, got invited by Rondé Barber and his family to be there for his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I covered Rondé from day one. Not only covered him, got him into Bay News 9. He filled in because Tiki, his twin brother Tiki, was really into being on TV. And when Tiki was playing with the New York Giants, Tiki was already working at Channel 2, WCBS, the local CBS affiliate in New York as a sports anchor reporter. And I think Rondé was like, oh, Tiki's doing TV. Maybe I could do local TV. I knew Rondé's wife, Claudia. She had worked at the radio station that I was working at, 970 WFLA. We used to call it WFLA. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, and I've seen him, and I've always liked Rondé, but when I saw the email that I was invited, I was honored. But I really was, whole, and we've overspent uh, what, our budget, what we thought for this new house because the housing prices, there was no inventory. They're still high. They're still stinking high. And so we, we loved the house, we had to do it, so I didn't want to be spending. And uh, and I was like, nah, you know what? Nah, and I understand the hotels are jacked up. If you don't, like if you go to Cooperstown, which is the Baseball Hall of Fame, you better plan, because I pitched in a game at Abner Doubleday Stadium for an all-star team out of Jersey years ago, and I was dating this girl, and we went, and we waited. We didn't get a hotel we brought camping supplies. Oh, it's a long story. It's a long story. We ended up staying in Binghamton. I had these rednecks and they were hooting and hollering. They late at night, this campsite, and I was trying to set up a tent and I and I was outnumbered and these guys were, you know, hooting and hollering and rednecking and partying and 
I had a little gr- a girlfriend and I was, I'm like, I don't know about staying here, man. And boom, he ended up driving back to Binghamton, New York, stayed there and then went to Cooperstown. I pitched that in the game, saw the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's, they, they booked these hotels like a year out and it's the same thing for Canton. So I was like, oh, it's too much money. It's going to be a hassle. Nah, nah. And, but I do want to go when the Bucks play the Jets in Florham Park, New Jersey. They're going to practice. I want to go to that. And then I can see people and see my areas and go back to my old radio station, see this and that. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can get this Greg Opie Hughes for my podcast. Maybe I can get Eric Legrand. Maybe I can do this and that. Maybe I can, you know, that's what I really want to go to when, they, when, when, when the Bucks. And that's a couple of weeks after that. That's right in the training camp. That's in August. And so I'm like, I'll save for that. No, you know what? I can't go to Canton. And I put it off, put it off. And then I got an email. It's like, you haven't RSVP'd yet. And the other night I was here by myself. I cracked open a beer or two or three. And I started looking it up and I'm like, oh my God, the flights are cheap. But I said, Tampa to Canton. Then when I went to click, it's to Cleveland. Oh, you, 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 it's false advertising. I said Canton and it said nonstop. And then, but still it was very inexpensive. And I'm like, let me just see what the hotels are. Let me go to Akron. And it was pretty inexpensive. Let me just try Canton. And no, full, full, high price, high price. And then I found this little hole in the wall. Now the reviews were not that good. <laughs> said the parking lot's like a minefield <laughs> but I saw the price and I'm like you know what boom you know what boom let me see boom 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 you know what I'm honored that Rondé would invite me when am I going to get a chance to be with someone that's getting inducted into the pro football hall of fame and be on his list to be there because he wants me there you know what I'll I'm going. And so I just booked it, booked it, booked it, booked it. And then I said, let me get a credential. But then I saw there's no one-on-one media availability or even in the round tent like, like they used to do. You used to sit down at a, at a table. You can talk for a long time. They weren't doing that anymore. And I'm like, mm. so my flight is like 5.50 in the morning. That means I got to get up at three. And when you do that, you're tired during the day. And then I saw there's no media availability that day. But anyway, there is the the gold jacket ceremony that day. The next night day is the induction. And then there's the after hour. There's the after party. I think it's from like seven to 2 a.m. or something like that. And then I don't leave until late the next day. There's going to be a round table or something like that. And I love Canton. I love it. I went there for this will be my fourth time. Leroy Selman, years and years ago with a radio guy named Jack Harris on a bus with a bunch of fans. I had just gotten to this radio station. Jack goes, you want to go? I said, I'm going. Yeah. And it was always stayed in Cleveland at that section where there's a lot of partying. And it was great. But it was so long ago, I barely remember it. And then I went for Warren Sapp as, as a reporter. I went for Derek Brooks. Miss Dungy, and now going back. I like it. It's a small town atmosphere, very homey, and I love it. 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 It's going to be so boiling hot down here. You get away from that heat a little bit. So anyway, I'm in. I'm in. And I said, Emily, I got good. I got good deals. She said, Okay, go. 
So we'll see how my spending goes, but uh, I'm I'm really excited and honored, 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 honored. So that'll be good. So I should have some good stories. It's hard to get podcast guests when you're in a party with family and friends. What am I going to do? Have my headphones on, a microphone in my pocket, my recorder, walking around, being invited into the inner circle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll see. I did put in for a credential for the days, but like I said, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Now I did say in the trailer, I was going to give you some pet peeves. So I got to stick to what, what, what I say. That's what we're trying to teach my daughter. My wife's always on me on that. If you say something, you better come through and do it. I'm like, okay, okay, boss. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit. But, uh, okay, here's my number one pet peeve. And it happens to me all the time. If I go in to get coffee, if I go to Starbucks, I am so basic. Grande Pike, non-fat milk. I just get a coffee, non-fat milk. If you put regular milk in it, so be it. That's it. If I go to anywhere, restaurant, I fast food, I don't go to fast food that much, anywhere, sandwich place, anywhere, I know what I want and I order it. Every single time someone in front of me, and listen, I am not sexist. I swear to God, I wish I had video. I wish I had one of those cameras that the cops use. I've been watching these videos on YouTube. You know, when they have their camera on. I wish I had a camera on. I'd, I'd prove it to you. It is always a girl or a woman. There's always questions about the order. Can you do this, 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 this? Mm, you've been in line. Now you're up. I'm behind you. Um, I will... Um, can I, you gotta be kidding me. It drives me nuts. It happens all the time. I get behind somebody. If it's fast food, it's always a big order and there's always a question or a problem. Why is that? <laughs> now, listen, I'm just calling it like it is. How, don't, you don't, can't you know what you want? Drives me crazy. And after all that, oh, can you mix it with this? And a little bit of this. Oh, do you have this? Oh, you don't have this. Oh, what else? What are my options? You know, blah, 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 all this. All, all I want is a coffee. Oh, I want is a coffee. And then, uh, and then, okay, your total is, uh, you know, eight ninety-eight. Oh, then I'll start looking. Maybe in my purse. Like, just, oh, oh, oh. And it happens all the time to me, all the time. The other pet peeve I have is guys that will sports talk with me. This is away from the field, away from the arena. This is everyday Joe, you know, that are so opinionated and are so wrong. And even when I'll say, well, I'm, I, you know, I was there and this is really what happened. No, 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 no. And they don't even let me finish. And they, boom, their opinion so strong. And they're wrong. 
it just, I've been like, oh my God, but where, 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 where does that strength and confidence come from that you're so confident, man, that you are right. And yet I'm the one that's in the field covering this team or the player. It's, it's just, it's, it drives me crazy. I, I have learned to just, you the man. I say, you know what? Good, man. You, you know what, man? Boom. You the man. Just do that. Do you the man. Anytime you do that, yeah, you the man. You the man. They, they drop it. It's like a long time ago when I was in New Jersey, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was looking for a full-time gig. I knew I wanted to do sports broadcasting, but it wasn't happening. And I was going on different interviews and I went and I took this, uh, I don't know, forget what office job it was, but they had this little training session and it was about workplace productivity, time management. And I have used it over the years. If you work in an office or you work anywhere, if you're sitting down and someone comes up and, hey, man, and all they want to do is bullshit and you know that you got a lot to do and you don't want to bullshit with them, stand up right away and go. As soon as they walk in, stand up, go, yeah, you need something? Yeah. And say it like that. There's no way they're going to go in depth into a long story. Stand up body language and that was when when i was like 22 years old look how old i am now and i still use that to this day if somebody is like bottom like, yeah what do you need yeah do that and st- i'm standing up right now every time I'm, st- I'm doing it do that do that so anyway so but you know what i really don't have that many pet peeves i don't want to be like the pissed off guy so let me tell you on the flip side i do have luck call it irish luck call it my my family luck call it me whatever emily does not have it i do not when i do not plan nine times out of ten it's going to work out i swear three examples okay i just forgot the one that happened today i got analyzers uh my this last these last two weeks have been hectic because my daughter Addie has been involved, like I say, a play, chorus, performance, the, the this, that, after school. They're rushing around, last minute, getting ready for the end of the year, all that jazz. So Emily will say, uh, okay, and I have been like maybe bringing equipment. Uh, they did a red carpet and I met this other teacher from the high school, got the big gold stanchions, the red carpet, do that, bring it to the school, bring in stuff for the, you know, uh, the decorations, whatever it is. Oh, she forgot her, the, the uniform or the costumes, her bin, all that stuff. So it's running around, running around, running around. Emily's usually backstage. Emily's like the coach. Emily's doing this. So she's staying at the school hour after hour the whole day. And say the performance is tonight at doors open at 6.30. Performance starts at 7. So why don't you get here at 6, 5.45. Okay, you got it. Uh... One day I was running a little bit late, about five, 10 minutes. And, uh, and she goes, Oh, my parents are going to be there or my mother's going to be there or something like that. There'll be some seats reserved for us down front, you know? Okay, great. I didn't plan it. 
I've been staying at this new house by myself and I'm walking in and it was running. It was a little later than I thought. And here comes my mother-in-law from her car, different part of the parking lot. And we basically run into each other and then we walk in together and then we go down. We find our seats. My wife sees us. She's like, oh my God, you came with my mother? No, we just, we just happened to meet in a parking lot at the same time. We ran into each other and we walked in the same time. She's like, oh my God, leave it up to you. Last performance. I'm walking in. Here comes my father-in-law. We basically run into one another. And we walk in together. She's like, did you come with my dad? Did you set that up? No, we just, we just, she's like, oh my God, you got like two, 300 people in this auditorium and, and, and you guys the same time, like, yeah. She's like, oh my God. Now today I went to the trop. I'm recording this. Okay. At this time, I know the rays are on the road when you're hearing this. Okay. So I'm there pregame. I'll post something on Instagram or Twitter, some video maybe I find interesting. My my BFF, Whitney J, my friend, my good friend, my buddy, not BFF. That's a term that my daughter uses. I don't want to be one of those guys. My friend, Whitney J, he texts me, hey, we're going to the Rays game today. Him and he and Lisa, I said, oh, that's great. You know, I text back, great. I said, I might be gone because I usually do pregame and then I bolt. And he said, uh, okay. And I said, we'll see. At what time are you getting? He goes, oh, we're not leaving until 3.30. This is a day game. Game starts at 4.10. He lives right around the corner in St. Pete. I said, okay. What section are you staying in? And he goes, 110, fifth row. I said, all right, we'll see how it goes. Now, I knew my wife, we were unpacking. There was stuff to do here. Um, I was going to get some interviews, like I said, trying to get Andrew Freeman for the podcast, a couple of other things. I went over to the Dodgers. And and so I was like, you know what? I'm done. I now have like a 50-minute drive to where we live. It's great with woods and everything. I love it. I'm just driving a lot. But whatever. You got to do what your daughter and your mother and your wife want, man. That's how it goes in a female-oriented family. So, <laughs> no, I love the house. Don't get me wrong. So, all right. So I'm like, I'm done with my stuff. I'm looking. It's like 3.30. Whitney said he wasn't leaving. You know what? I'm going to get Whitney the game notes. They have them up because he used to work in sports talk radio. He used to cover the Rays on a daily basis. He's now a fan. He's going to sit. Great seats. My God. Behind home plate. I said, you must have a hookup. He goes, I got one hookup left. And he was using it. Great seats. So anyway, I went, I got game notes. I got the scorecard, you know, whatever. And it's up in the press box. And I put that in my back pocket to give to Whitney. I went down to section 110. I'm looking, I'm waiting a while. I'm like, you know what? <sighs> eh, maybe I'll run into him out in the parking lot or somewhere. Maybe I'll run into him. Now, this was against the Dodgers. They had 20,000 plus. So there's 20,000 plus fans at this venue. I walk out, go out. I'm looking in the hallway, the, the hallways. It's crowded. A lot of Dodger fans. 
I don't see Whitney and his wife. I walk out, walk out. I'm walking with my backpack. I'm walking, walking. I'm in the parking lot. I'm almost to my car and I hear, Rocco! Jaybird! It's Whitney. He rolls down his window in his truck. There's his wife. I ran into him. I said, I got Nick game notes for you. He goes, oh, great. I said, I'm going back to the house, man. I'm like, oh, great, great. We talked, blah, blah, blah. Lisa, uh, yeah, blah, blah, boom. Enjoy, man. He goes, thanks. Boom. Once again, there you go. It was not, it was not set up. Once again, unstinking believable. So there you go, guys. That's about it for this week. Um, Hope you enjoyed it. And, oh, there was one other thing that I was going to bring up a little bit. But you know what? I'll save that for another day. That would be the um, uh, cover the bucks in OTAs. It's it's organized team activities. You really cannot pick up what it's 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 Joe Bucks fan. They call it underwear football. It's shorts and T-shirts. They they're not hitting. It's with the quarterback competition, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. You know what? It's for another day. Baker Mayfield is, I had to look it up. Now I'm 5'10". He does not look sick. They're listing him as six foot one. I look, what did Baker Mayfield measure at the combine? He measured five, no, he measured six foot and five eighths. He, he, he doesn't look it. He doesn't look it. He doesn't look as small as Kyler Murray. I've seen him from up high in the press box and the Arizona Cardinals come here. They list him as 5'10". I don't know how he's 5'10". But anyway, you know what? We'll do that for another podcast. So anyway, enjoy. Hope you have a good one. And uh, I always appreciate if you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. Hit that for me. And I'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good one.